Hi, my name's Josiah. I preach here occasionally. <laughs> it's not the first time I said that this year. It's been, a, been an interesting year. So I want to tell you a story of something that happened to me this week. Um, and as you know, we've been busy doing projects here at the church. And uh, one thing that I got billed this week is the new sound booth, which... You can just turn around and look, I, but there's pictures here too. Um, so it was Wednesday this week when I started this project. Uh, Wednesday was a really important day because it was sunny, it was 60 degrees, and you could do things outside like spray paint a sound booth. Uh, so we had some other projects going on in the morning. Unfortunately, I couldn't start getting built or start building the sound booth to about 1 p.m., My goal was to get the first coat of paint on before worship practice so I could put a second coat on afterwards. That didn't happen. But luckily, I had bought all the supplies I needed to build the sound booth a few weeks ago. I drew up plans. I had everything lined out. So I was confident that things were going to go smoothly without any hiccups once things started going. So after worship practice... I got back to work, putting things together. We finished nailing on the MDF like front board that covers the fronts. We started nailing on the, the decorative trim pieces. And it's about 9 o'clock at this point at night. So I'm wearing like a headlamp. I'm out on the like parking lot on like a sheet of plastic. Like about to spray. I'm like trying to get this trim. So I was in my groove. Things are going well. Things are going on. I got to the third one on this side. And I was like, wait. One, two. Oh, oh no. I don't have enough. I don't have enough trim to finish this. And if I don't spray it tonight, if I don't get a coat on tonight, then I won't be able to get enough coats on because it's supposed to be cold and rainy. It's going to take a long time to dry, which means that then it won't be ready to get set up on Saturday, which means it's not going to be ready on Sunday. I'm going to have to find a place to put this thing. We're going to have a white folding table back here when Jacob's here taking photos. That is not good. It's like 945 when I have this realization. And I'm like, I need to go to Lowe's right now. So Blessings and, and Nene and Amber were here. I like rush inside. I'm like, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going to Lowe's. Uh, but you may not know this. Lowe's closes at 10. I've been uh, gotten very familiar with our big blue sign box store recently. Um, so they close at 10. I guess I have a choice to make at this point. Like in my head, I'm like, well... I just go tomorrow morning, you know, like get there right at six and I can do it. But I was like, I I really don't think I will have time. You know, there's other things to get done too. Like I really need to get this first coat on. So I was like, I'm going to call them on my way. I'm going to tell them I'm coming. So I hop in the car. I'm on my way there. It's like 947 at this point. I'm in the car. I'm driving. I, I call them. And so, and of course, the first thing that happens is there's a robot, right? A robot voice on the other side. No sense of urgency. No sense of care for the human being on the other side. I'm just like trying to talk to her, like, please get me to a person. Like, they're like, what department do you want? I'm like, like, what are you looking for? I'm like, I, I just like, so I was like, eventually I was like, this, this, like I just made stuff up to talk to a person. I eventually got to the plumbing department, a guy named AJ. <laughs> Uh, picked up. I started explaining my situation to him, and he's like, sorry, dude, it's out of my control. You need to talk to someone else. I'll forward you to 
the front desk where the manager is. And I was like, thank you. So I'm at the front desk. Of course, like, I could have just asked for customer service. I bet I just wasn't, you know, my head wasn't on straight. I was just panicking. So eventually I get on the phone with customer service. And there's another guy there. And he's like, sorry, company policy, doors closed at 10. However, if you are inside this door before it locks, we are not shutting down the store until you leave. Like, that's our policy. Like, there's a customer inside. We can't close the store. So if you step inside this door before I lock it, and I have to lock it right at 10, you'll be okay. I'm like, please. Like, I, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like looking at the time. I know exactly how much time it takes me. I've driven to Lowe's 15 times this week, okay? I know exactly how much time it takes me to get there. I'm driving a little further away from the speed limit than I normally do. And I'm like counting the seconds, I'm like calculating, and I'm like crossing over the river at this point, talking to this guy down at West River Drive. And I'm, I know that this is going to be like 20 seconds close, right? And of course I get a red light, and I'm just like, oh. So I drive a little bit further away from the speed limit than I'm comfortable with. Uh, for legal reasons, that's just sarcasm. Um, so I say, will you ask your manager, please ask your manager if you'll stay open for a couple more minutes. Like I am coming. I know exactly what I want. I know exactly how many they are. I know exactly how much it's going to cost. I can run there and get out of that store in less than two minutes. I promise. And he's like, fine, I'll ask my manager. And she's like, you know, manager, managers, they have rules to follow. They're like, sorry, no, but if you're here by 10, you know, it'll work. So it's like 9.58 or 9.57. I'm like coming up Plainfield. I'm like calculating the time in my head. I like pull in real quick. It's like 9.59 when I enter the big parking lot. You know, there's like a family farm, you know, Dunham's and Lowe's right there. I, I, there's a red light, so I pull right instead of going through and waiting. I like I pull in and I park if you want a good parking spot at Lowe's, just go one minute before they close because it's the best parking spots. Right in the front, I run in. I, I'm rushing. My adrenaline is pumping. I'm literally sprinting across this parking lot so fast, like I drop my phone. I don't even turn around to pick it up because I know I do not have time to waste. I see the guy standing on the other side of the sliding door. I figure, oh, great. He's waiting there for me. He has mercy. He's, he's sympathizing with me. I'm like, oh, this is great. He sees me. And his arms go to his knees. <laughs> and just like, he almost collapses. Like, he looks sad. I'm like, no, it's not 10 o'clock, is it? I can't check my phone. It's on the ground. <laughs> and so I like run up to the door. I'm like, face on the door. And he's like, right there. Like, we're like this close. I'm like, please let me in. He's like, I'm so sorry. Like, it literally looked like he was about to collapse on the ground. So nice. He's, because I was just talking to him. He knows what's going on. I was like, I need these things. Just let me in. I was like, is it ethical for me to bribe him? I don't think so. <laughs> like, and I like start like on my way there. I was thinking of all the reasons. Like, how much money have I spent here in the last week? Like, I'm a good customer. Like, like I just need to, like, I'm trying to be the best lawyer I can be and win my defense, you know, I'm thinking like ethos, pathos, logos. What are the three, you know, like forms of like, what am I going to say to this person? And he's like, I'm sorry. I have rules to follow. I get it. I've been an employee before. Norfolk Southern people used to come in two minutes before subway closed, and they would stay for a half hour, and it drove me nuts. Like, I get it. Okay? I get it. I really do. And so I'm begging with them, and it's not working. I realize I'm not getting anywhere. 
he's not letting me in. He's not going to get fired for some random guy. And so I'm like, please let me talk to your manager. Just please. So he's like, ah, fine. So he goes and gets his manager. And she comes over, and she's playing hardball. You know, but she walks over, and the door's open. And I'm like, oh, she's going to let me in. You know, like, I have a brief moment at home. And immediately, no. She's like, you cannot come in here. It's a safety hazard at this point, policy issues. We have heavy equipment out. We're shutting down the store. We've done our all clear already. I'm like, just like sitting there. I'm like, what can I say to this lady? And then Christy. Christy's an angel. Uh, Christy, another manager at the store, comes over. And she's like annoyed looking, you know, stern, a little bit annoyed, flustered. Like, what is this crazy guy trying to do at 10 p.m. trying to run into the store? Like, what's so important? She's like, what do you need? Like, what's going on? She's like heard whispers, like people talking about me. Um, And she's like, what do you need? I'm like, I know exactly what I need. An inch and a half by a quarter inch, like little wainscoting strip. They're back in the corner. Like the aisle, I told her the aisle. Like, I know exactly where they're at. She's like, fine, come with me. So I get in the store. I have a personal escort. She's like, knows the quickest path there. She walks around the store all the time. We go and buy it. We check out. I get home. I put the strips on. We get a coat of paint on. All is said and done. It is successful. And man, Christy, if you ever watch this or hear this, you're the manager of the year. Thank you so much. AJ, thank you for getting me to the right place. You're all Lowe's at Plainfield. Good, good people. So you may be thinking, well, that's a fun story. But, you know, you, so you got your trim and whatever. The sound booth is here, so what? Well, because of my profession and my faith, immediately when I got back in the car, I was, like, starting to connect, like, draw connections. Like, like this reminds me of, like, some biblical principles. You know, like, I'm just thinking, like, what, like what, a, what did I just experience that relates to what I know of Scripture? And the first thing that popped in my mind was like the shortness of life. Like the small time that we have to get things ready, to get things in place before Jesus returns. Thoughts of like how salvation works. Like my begging, my pleading, my sincerity. You know, given the whole, you know, trying to be prepared and begging for entrance aspect of it all really made me think about this. So, but unlike my experience with Lowe's, where they can just simply like unlock a door and let you in if they want to, right? Once you're dead, like that's it. You don't have more time to make decisions. You don't, don't have any more cases to be pleaded. And in this life, it's really important that we make sure that we have things lined up before we get to the end. So today I want to explore that theme a little bit. And I want to uh, show you a passage that stood out to me from Scripture. Go ahead and turn with me to Romans chapter 13. Of course, Romans is a big book, and it talks about all kinds of things. Paul addresses many different issues. Um, but I also like the name Romans, by the way. It's very simple, concise. It was written to the Romans. It's perfectly descriptive. Um, Romans, uh, near the end here in chapter 13, for the last couple of chapters, Paul is writing about Christian living. Essentially, like, how do you be a good Christian How do you uh, follow what God wants you to do? How do you practice that out? And he finishes this chapter by giving a pretty interesting instruction 
that is really important for us today. Look at verse 11 through 14. It says, do this. And by do this, for context, he's talking about loving each other, being good Christians, living an authentic Christian life. He says, do this knowing the time. That it is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore, let's rid ourselves of the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let's behave properly as in the day, not in carousing carousing or drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity or debauchery, not in strife and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. Okay, so Paul makes a really simple point here that I think borderlines on like completely obvious, but he took the time to write it because he thought it was important, and I think it's because he realizes that we may lose track of some important things in life that are simple. I think sometimes we need the obvious pushed into our face so that we wake up and we realize, oh, okay, yeah, thanks for the reminder. So he says that we are closer to the moment of salvation than we were when we first believed. Logically, that makes sense, right? We experience time in a linear fashion. Yesterday was before today, and tomorrow is always in the future. So yes, of course, if today happens, we are closer to the day that Jesus returns than we've ever been, right? A logical, super simple point. But Paul is a wise guy, and not in the sarcastic way. Just he literally is a, a wise man. And he knew his Old Testament really well. And no doubt he knew Solomon and what he says in Proverbs 27.1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Paul realizes that time is short. Right? And it's amazing how the best wisdom is obvious and fundamental and easily forgotten. So unlike Lowe's, that has a set closing time, our lives don't, right? We could live to be 110, we could die tomorrow. So how then should we live? What should we prioritize? And importantly, what do we need to put in place before we meet our end? What's well, not taken care of yet? We all love to think that we have a lot more time. But the reality is we don't know. There are no promises. There are no guarantees. And if you want to know what time Lowe's closes, all you have to do is look it up on Google. Right? But there's no Google listing for Josiah's last day. Right? That I know of, anyway. I didn't check beforehand. I should have. There's no time for begging after the fact. Right? There's no amount of rushing or speeding that's going to make up for the lost time when it comes to your salvation. So Paul is urging us to take this seriously. I want to explain a metaphor here that Paul uses that we may have just glossed over and not even realized because we are surrounded literally everywhere we go by artificial light. But for the most of human history, right, darkness was the end of work, right? When the sun went down, you stopped working. When the sun came up, you started working. That's how it was in the old world. And even some professions still today, 
work by the sun, right? It's a, it's a really bright light. It's very useful. There's no hour to be wasted then during the day because those are your only productive hours. Like a torch is not going to let you do most of your work out in the field. It's not going to cut it. So Paul is saying the hour has already come for you to awaken from your sleep. The night is almost gone and the day is near. He's saying, essentially, like, this is the beginning of your work hours, right? The sun is rising. You do not have time to waste. It is time to get to work. And the day that Paul is talking about is Christ's return, right? So the night of this age is almost done, or the, the time that you have here is short. It is time to get to work. The, the day is rising. The work of evangelism, the work of living holy lives, the work of figuring out your salvation with fear and trembling, which you could summarize that all into the work of living an authentic Christian life. And it is work. It is difficult. It takes effort. It takes commitment. So we all love the idea of being ideal and virtuous people and using our time wisely. But the reality is sometimes we need a wake-up call to get those ideals into practice. We need to feel that pressure. Just let that sit. I need to feel that pressure that Paul is putting on us. We're promised eternal life in the age to come. And it's going to be great and amazing. It's our hope. But there are only certain things that we can do now, here in this age. Right? So in response to Paul's urging, he finishes his thought with a call to pursue holiness. So let's reread this section 12 through 14 here. Having a better grasp of what Paul has said and having thought about it a little bit more, let's reread 12 through 14. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let's rid ourselves of the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let's behave properly as in the day not in coercing or drunkenness or sexual promiscuity and debauchery, not in strife and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. Behave properly in accordance with the truth of this world. Right? So if we only have one life, Joe, if this is all we have, why not live in drunkenness and sexual promiscuity and keep your grudges and get even and search out the things you desire and live your life to the beat of your own drum? Right? I think there is an argument to be made that even if you did have one life, living a principled one is a good one. But you get my point, right? If the self is all we have, why not gratify the self to its fullest extent? However, if there is more to life, then we have to live life like there is actually more to life. And indeed, we know there is more to life. But do our beliefs match the way we live? So like I said, there are simple and fundamental ideas here. But the best wisdom, the best ideas are simple and fundamental. So if Jesus really is coming back, then there is an urgency to that fact based on the shortness of our own lives. Because we have to figure something out in the time that we have here. So all the more important then that we live holy lives. That we seek true ideas. 
all the more important that we're ready. Paul isn't the only one who gives this message in Scripture, though. Right? This isn't just a, a Paul idea. It is all over. Let me show you. Revelation 3.11. I am coming soon. It's Jesus speaking. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. Matthew 24, 42. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. 2 Peter 3, 10. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heaven bodies, heaven, heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Look carefully then how you walk, not as an unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I'm not done yet. There's a couple more here. Luke 21 and 36. Stay awake at all times. Praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Acts 3, 19-21, one of my favorite passages. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time of of the restoring of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. And the list goes on, right? I I didn't add them all. There's a lot more. The point is, time is running out and you need to be ready, right? So let's take a few minutes here and go over some of the things we've learned. Number one, sort out your salvation. It is evident from Jesus and Paul and other biblical authors that now is the time to make that commitment. Right? So if you go back to my Lowe's story a little bit, it's not a perfect analogy, but you need to get your supplies in order all right? before it's too late, before the store closes. Don't be like me, rushing around last minute trying to get things in order because we do not know when the doors lock. Right? You can't call customer service and ask when you're going to die. Right? It doesn't work that way. And if I had to take a guess, Christy, even though she's a great manager, is not going to be able to help you out when that time comes. Right? But Christ is available now, and he's waiting for you. It just so happens that Christy and Christ had a very similar name. It was a coincidence that worked really well for me. Christ is available. And maybe you haven't accepted him yet. Maybe you haven't committed yourself to baptism. Maybe you have, but you've strayed and lost sight of your faith. Now is that time for a course correction. I also think one thing that I I found interesting is that Paul seemed to have a a one-day-at-a-time mentality. So we we are reading through Romans 13. I get this feeling that, that Paul is looking at each day as a new day. He never took a day for granted. He took one day at a time, and I think he did that because it makes, you, it, makes it easier to, like, to focus and to be passionate and energized and to, to say, yes, today I will serve the Lord. Today I'm going to stay holy. Today I'm going to accomplish what I need to do. 
But it's not all about today. It's about today with the future in mind. So we are on a journey to a destination in our lives in the next age. But we need to, so we, we have this target out here, but we need to keep checking our mile markers along the way, so to speak. Right? So if you're going down to Atlanta, you're on 75 for like 4,000 hours or something. All right? And you can just see that 75-mile marker tick down and down and down. And then you get to Tennessee, and it starts over at 118. And you tick down and down and down. Okay? We need to be checking ourselves every day and staying focused, knowing what's coming along. Lastly, we do need to live like Jesus is coming tomorrow. I mean, obviously, our lives would change a little bit if we knew for sure, absolutely, that Jesus was coming tomorrow, right? Like, we probably wouldn't be sitting right here right now doing this exact thing. Probably just be out telling everybody if we knew for sure, right? Like, yes, tomorrow, like, this is your last day. You've got to figure this out right now, right? But... You get the point. There is a sense of urgency. We do not know when Jesus is coming. So we need to be prepared every day. As Peter says, coming like a thief in the night. It's going to be unexpected and shocking and immediate. And that means that we need to continually fight against sin. That means we need to continually be evangelizing and talking to people about our faith so that with hope we may be able to bring a few more along with us. It means that we need to be dead serious about our commitment and live consistently in obedience with the Lord. So where is our focus? Where are our priorities? What can we do today to make a difference for God's kingdom? We are in this together, and we need to keep each other on track. We don't want anyone to be on the wrong side of the doors when they close Please pray with me. God, I thank you for this moment this morning where we can slow down a little bit and give you the praise and glory and honor that you deserve and that your son deserves. I pray that you help keep us vigilant and empowered and strengthened as we seek to live for you every single day. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.